There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Trans-Siberian Orchestra rocks Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. on December 23rd. I spoke to drummer Jeff Plate about the band's biggest hits, from the guitar-shredding Christmas Eve Sarajevo 1224 to the melodic Christmas canon. Jeff Plate, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. Now, we're here because, you know, the the Trans-Siberian Orchestra is celebrating the 25th anniversary of their multi-platinum release, Christmas Eve and Other Stories. And you'll be bringing your tour to our area in Washington, D.C. at Capital One Arena on Thursday, December 23rd. Um, So, uh, gosh, can you believe it's been 25 years? (laughs) No, honestly, no. I, I, I can remember some moments in the studio when we were first recording this record. I, I remember some moments when we first recorded Christmas Eve Sarajevo 1224, the, the previous year with the band Sabotage. And <clears throat> little did we know at that time that our lives would be forever changed. Paul O'Neill's vision, you know, his his words, his music, his story, every, everything just, just came together in that first CD. And here we are 25 years later, still celebrating that. Touring, this will be our, our 22nd year of touring which is unbelievable, but uh, everything is, everything, you know, aside from last year, everything has just been fantastic. So we can't wait to get back out there. Wow. Yeah. Well, when people come out to the show, what, what all, what all song, remind them what some of the, you know, the famous, you know, holiday tunes that they're going to hear. Well, I just mentioned Christmas Eve, Sarajevo 1224. Um, we will, we will play the, the first CD in its entirety. So, you know, Angel came down, Angel returned. Oh Holy Night, Mad Russian's Christmas, First Snow, Ornament, Old City Bar, This Christmas Day, Prince of Peace. It's, you know, the, the whole thing in its entirety is, is just magic. And we, when we first started touring in 1999, this was the first story that we toured with for the first 12 years. And it is, in my opinion, you know, aside from the music and the lyrics and you know, the spectacle of the show, it really is that story that just connected with so many people, kept bringing them back year after year, kept bringing more people with them year after year. And we went from playing theaters in 1999 to within five years playing arenas to soon after that playing arenas twice a day, which, you know, in the case of our, of our Washington DC stop this year on December 23rd, we will be doing two shows. And it's just amazing what this thing has grown into. It's uh, Paul's vision was was something, you know, none of us quite understood it at first. But once the whole thing really came together and, and started moving along, then we all we all got the big picture, and it was like, you know what? Hang on, because here we go, and here we are, 25 years later. It's, it's just been wonderful. Oh yeah. So you keep mentioning Paul O'Neill. I mean, obviously the the 
the genius behind this. Um, how how exactly did did the band form? What was it like in '96? I think. So it's a, it's an interesting story. Paul O'Neill began producing and writing with a band called Sabotage back in 1986. He began working with John and Chris Oliva in that band uh, on the album Hall of the Mountain King. And from there, these three became a, quite the team. And Paul's lyrics and his vision is his ability to, to wrap a concept around, you know, their next records really kind of set them apart and gave them an identity. If you if you look back at some of the some of the sabotage records in the late 80s, I, I mean even even in the 90s, Gutter Ballet, Streets, Edge of Thorns, Handful of Rain, you can hear the hints of TSO in some of the songs on these records. Paul was taking the band from just a, a heavy metal band into something more progressive, more melodic, more orchestration, more, you know, there was more theater and emotion in, in the songs that they were writing with Paul. So, and then even still, if you look back at some of the videos that the band did, Go to Ballet, When the Crowds Are Gone, for example, I mean, that looks like TSO. So, so Paul, was, Paul was thinking of this in the late 80s, probably earlier than that. When, when I joined Sabotage, it was in 1994, the, the band had gone through some tragedy. Chris Oliva had, had, the original guitar player had died in a car accident. Uh, the original drummer left, which is how I came in. The, the original singer, John Oliva had stepped down. They had a new lead singer. So, so the band was really, really in, in chaos. But things settled down. The first studio record that I did with Sabotage was called Dead Winter Death. And here again, this was a concept by Paul about the war going on in Yugoslavia at the time. And he had this idea of inserting this instrumental Christmas song in this album. And there was a, there was a gentleman, this is a true story. There was, there was a man in, uh, in, in Belgrade who, who was sitting in the middle of all this rubble and plays cello. And Paul was just kind of fascinated by this whole thing. So Christmas Eve, Sarajevo 1224 was born at this time. And, and it made it out of the Sabotage record. When that song was first released, it literally just took off in a completely different direction, became this hit song across all the radio formats all across the country. And it was something different from Sabotage, but it was something that gave Paul the opportunity to create this band he'd been dreaming of, and that was the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. So, so myself and the other members of Sabotage, we were just so fortunate to be involved in this, you know, from the very first song. So we kind of graduated from, from Sabotage into TSO. We became the band. We filled in, I should say, Paul and, and the management team filled in the, the vocalists and some of the other instrumentalists around, around the core group of guys. And the rest is history. We recorded that first album back in 1996. We, we already knew that Christmas Eve Sarajevo was a hit. But when that first album came out, the album became a hit, you know, all of a sudden there was just something really magical going on. We recorded The Christmas Attic, then we ventured off into Non-Holiday with uh, Beethoven's Last Night, and things just built from there, but, but not until that we started touring in 1999 did Trans-Siberian Orchestra really, really begin to build 
and and just you know start growing this audience that is still growing today you know we play co close to a million people a year in these tours um we've sold uh, you know millions of records it's just been unbelievable what we've been able to do but this this all started with with paul o'neill's vision way back in the 80s and like i said here we are today Wow. Yeah. It's wild. It was this vision for this rock opera dead winter dead that, that featured this, this Christmas song that be, that just blew up and took on a life of its own. I'm going to drill down into Christmas Eve, Sarajevo 1224 um, a little more, you know, music musically. I know it, it features like, you know, several other like reworkings of other famous carols that we know. I mean, I, I feel like there's like a little bit of a God rest you merry gentlemen, maybe even some yep. Carol of the bells, I think in there, but um, you know, I guess I can't use the soundbite if I say it. So why, why don't you tell me, hey, what all you know, what all what all riffs of, of famous tunes are, are in within that song? Well, those are the two main ones, and I mean, and I think that really covers it. There, there is a little bit of uh, original instrumentation in there, but <clears throat> Paul, Paul had the idea for this song. I mean, the, the idea for this song didn't just come up for the Dead Winter Dead record. I, I think Paul had something in his mind for years before that. And his writing team, John Oliva and Bob Kinkle, you know, the three of them put this thing together, but Paul produced it. And, you know, trust me, at, at the time when we first recorded this song, none of us really knew what Paul was thinking. You know, we, we thought this was quite the bold move to put this song on a sabotage record. But once we heard the final version, it was like, wow, that's, that really sounds great. And, you know, it was something at the time, you know, everybody has done Christmas songs over the years. A lot of artists have done Christmas songs and, you know, we've heard them a hundred times, a thousand times. And most of them are all fairly nice. But when this song came out with this beautiful intro, you got the guitar, you got the cello, and all of a sudden, bam, the guitar and the drums hit you. It's like, wow, where did that come from? And all of a sudden this whole, <laughs> I think this whole clique of people who have been looking for something different finally found it. And the song just kind of took the airwaves by storm. So the instrumentation was, was something that, you know, I was basically just following along to be completely honest with you. Um, because here again, like I said, I, I can speak for myself. I didn't really understand what Paul was thinking, but it's like, sure. Um, but him and his team, Bob Kinkle and John Oliva, they, they, they came up with this thing and, and then, you know, here we are today and that, that song is timeless. Oh yeah, I love how you were saying it sort of starts, you know, with that, you know, it starts kind of slow and then bam, it hits you. And then talk about how it sort of, it, by the end, it sort of just crescendos into the most, you know, we don't usually use the word kick-ass Christmas carol, but it really is. It, that electric guitar, is it, it's just epic the way you finish. I think the way you just described it is, is why, why it, you know, became so popular. Al Petrelli is our guitarist. He's a musical director for, for the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And, you know, Paul wanted him to just, <laughs> he wanted him to just burn at the end of that song, and he did. And like you said, it was something that just, Man, it grabs you. It, it just—it is not like any other holiday song, nor is this band like any other band, for that matter. Or are these are these holidays uh, CDs that we've we've recorded over the years like anybody else? But Paul's, you know, idea was 
the song needed to be intense. It is beautiful. It is magic. It's also tragic, you know, and when you think of, you put it in the context of the story that he wrote around this. But to think that, you know, the way they arrange this with the beautiful intro, and like I said, the guitar and the bass, or the guitar and the drums come in, along with the bass guitar, obviously, all the instrumentation, but towards the end of the song, when that guitar is just flying, then it all comes to a crescendo and pulls back again. And you've got this beautiful guitar that fades out. And, you know, th this was Paul's, Paul was, was seeing his story as he was creating this song, as, as, he, as he did with all the songs that he wrote. So this is, uh, this was the emotion and the, uh, you know, the, the dire situation of this story and this war and this, and what was going on over there at that time was something Paul was very, very concerned with. And he brought all that emotion out in that song. And hey, you know, sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle and you don't really understand where it comes from, but timing is everything. And this song came out at the right time. It, it just hit in a certain way and you know, the rest is history. So here we are, here we are 25 years later after recording that first CD and it's, and it's still growing every year. It is it is a masterpiece. It's it's an all time lightning in a bottle thing. It's you, it, every every year. If, you know you'll still hear it played every, every year on the on the radio around around Christmas. It's 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 incredible. Um, well, you could say the same for Christmas Canon. The, you know, off the the big hit off of the next album, nineteen ninety eight. It's called the Christmas Attic. Um, so when you guys take me into the creation of Christmas Canon, I know it's sort of a, a re a reworking of the canon in, in D major, but um, why, why do you think that one works so well, you know, with the, the children's choir and everything? Well, just because it's beautiful. I mean, it's just a great arrangement. The, the vocal arrangement is fantastic. It's, it's another one of those traditional holiday songs that it kind of puts you at peace, you know? It's just a really cool melody. It just rolls along. Several years later, we re-recorded we, we the song called and it's called Christmas Canon Rock. So this this really became the probably the more popular version. Uh, it was more rock and roll. It's it's the version that we play live. But but that song in particular, I mean, you compare that to, to Christmas Eve Sarajevo, two different things, you know. But but here again, the same thing. It's coming from the same place, but it just covered that that variety of of emotion and and music and sound that Paul wanted to to cover with this band and. Yeah, I mean, add Wizards in Winter on top of that, you know, another high, high energy, up-tempo song that just grabs you. So it's, it's all very, very well done. I mean, these, these guys came up with a formula that was so unique and so original. And, and that is really, you know, adds to the, the popularity of this. People are, people are always looking to find that new thing you know, this, this new exciting thing, something they can basically call their own, you know? A lot of people are very proud of the fact that they were, they were some of the first ones to, to get into TSO and see us live and come see us every year. You know, they, they hang their head on that, but the, they knew something was going on with this too. And I mean, I, I've sat in the middle of this from the very beginning. You know, I've played every show that TSO has done that I've been physically able to do. And it's just amazing what has grown you know, in front of me and above me and left to right behind me, it's, it's incredible. But just to see the faces and how engaged these people are and how much joy they get out of seeing the show is, is truly why we do it. Last year was, was sad sitting home, but I tell you what, man, this, this year we cannot wait to get back on stage and do what we do. 
for sure. And do you think part of the part of the genius of it too is is you know do you think the staying power is is intrinsically tied to the fact that there is this annual you know we we celebrate christmas every year you know another band might have a, a hit song and then years later you're like uh that 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 song is so two years ago but with christmas eve in sarajevo or you know christmas canon and christmas canon rock they become you know they become like eternal they become you know nat king cole you know singing chestnuts rosemary open fire those songs don't become dated because it's an annual part of our annual rhythm as we play these songs. You know, do you think that's part of the reason that you guys have had staying power is just you're intrinsically tied to something we're going to celebrate every year? Sure. I mean, you know, if you've never, if you've never heard TSO before, you're going to come to our concert and you're going to recognize music. I mean, there's, there's traditional holiday themes woven in and out of all these songs. So you're, you're connected, you know, you're connected to something. I, I think, you know, Christmas Eve and other stories was just magic in so many ways, but I, I really believe that the story that Paul wrote around this CD is really what connected with so many people. You know, the story is really just about the goodness of man. It's, it's a simple concept, but Paul wrote this beautiful story that goes along with this. Once people realized what the Trans-Siberian Orchestra was, because granted, I, I know some people showed up to our shows thinking they were going to see an orchestra. And yes, they saw an orchestra, but not, not in the normal sense. But I think once people realized what a family-friendly show this was and the meaning behind the songs in the story where they started bringing more family members, this became part of their Christmas get-together. You know, there's a lot of people that this is what they do with their family at Christmas, you know, instead of the traditional, you know, let's get together and, you know, watch football or something like that. Let's go see TSL. Let's get the family. Let's go see TSL. Let's escape for two and a half hours and see a great show. And this is, this was really, you know, this was by design. When we first started touring, we realized immediately this audience isn't just the sabotage audience. This is everybody. You've got kids. You've got grandparents, you've got all different walks of life out there. And we needed to, you know, without being pretentious, the music is what it was. You know, Paul was writing music that he just believed in. He wasn't trying to necessarily please anybody in particular, but he was onto something and he stuck to his guns. But when we came, you know, into doing these tours, keeping the volume at a friendly level, you know, keeping things where everybody could follow along, where nobody was going to be offended, where nobody wanted to get up and leave. And, and once, once we kind of figured out some of these wrinkles, you know, people come to the show, they're in their seat from beginning to end. And it's just, it's just great to see this every year. I, I, I pinch myself, man. Every time I'm on stage, I look around that arena. It's like that seat up in the top row in the back of the arena is full. You know, that row of people up there, it's, it's just incredible. But, uh, but the story, I believe, along with the other stories that Paul wrote, you know, this is what people really connected with and, and the snowball from there. Snowball pun intended, I guess. <laughs> um, hey. Well, outside of the snowball stuff, let's say, let's say some of our <laughs> listeners love, you know, the, the Christmas music um, and, you know, they get turned on to the band because of that. What other... What other, you know, non-Christmas stuff that 
that or is that you're very proud of yourself is there anything from you know beethoven's last night or night castle or dreams of fireflies or any of that stuff um is there anything that you would say you know hey if you're a fan of the christmas music and you want to explore a little bit more what tso is about what, what what's like the first thing you recommend of, of your non-holiday stuff well i would say the entire beethoven's last night cd that's that's brilliant i mean here again you know, Paul, Paul struck gold with that first Christmas Eve and other stories story, but the Beethoven's Last Night story, the characters, the lyrics, the instrumentation, that, that CD is awesome. And I, I don't just say that because I, I performed on it and I'm in the band. It is really, really good. You know, you've got Mozart Figaro, you've got Beethoven's Ninth, you've got Requiem, uh, Last Illusion, which is Flight of the Bumblebees, you know, some of that stuff here again. You, you listen to it and you know it without even knowing the song, you've heard this music before. Um, and that was all part of the formula, just weaving some of this classical music in and out of these original pieces along with Paul's stories. And, you know, but besides that, Night Castle is another brilliant record. Uh, Letters, Letters from the Labyrinth, you know, this, that was the last uh, non-music or non-holiday CD that we released. And, you know, there's a couple songs out that, Madness of Men, I love playing that song live. It's just, it's metal, you know, it's up tempo, it's energy, it is just awesome. But there is so much, you know, in all of these records that, you know, there's something there for everybody. If, if you are a fan of classical music or blues or rock or metal, you know, there's something there for everybody. And, and this here again was an idea that Paul had and stuck with. If, if there's anything I, I learned from Paul, over the years was was just that you know you you come up with something and you believe in it and you you gotta push it to the limit you gotta take it as far as you can and that was that's exactly what paul did we, we never would have achieved any success without paul obviously he created trans-siberian orchestra as we know it but the live event the live shows is where paul kept investing and kept pushing the envelope and kept making this show something that whether you were coming to see the holiday part of the show or not you were going to see a spectacular show and he wanted to make it one of those shows that people just told their friend you've got to come see this you've got to come see it i tell people all the time you know come see us it is one of the most spectacular unique shows that you will ever see you'll never see anything like this with, with the amount of talent that's on the stage, the amount of production, the talent behind the production, the people putting this on and running all this too. I mean, they're, they're, they're just as important to all this as anybody, but all of it together, there's a million moving parts. And, and if you've seen us, you know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff going on, but, but we have rehearsed this and worked this you know, into a flawless show. And that's why people come back every year. Oh yeah, it's great to see you guys still flourishing and um, keeping it going. I mean, I know. I mean, twenty seventeen alone was was a terrible, hard, really hard year for you guys. I mean, I know we've mentioned yeah. Paul and Neil a million times in this interview, the, the brainchild here, but um, you know, he sadly passed away, and you know, in his early sixties, sixty one or something. And then I guess later of that later that year, the bassist for TSO, David Z, um, died in a yeah. in a um auto accident. Um, what was it like yeah. a a tractor trailer accident um yeah, yeah how did you how did the band you know how how obviously devastating was that and how, how were you guys able to sort of pick yourself back up and regroup you know with david z he was just such a great 
guy, a great performer, a fan favorite, honestly, one of the best musicians I've ever worked with, taken too young. I mean, you don't want to see anybody leave in that manner, but he was just, just too young and sad. You know, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, I, I've been working with Paul since 1994. TSO has been in existence since 1996. We are a family, you know, and, and this is, when you're in a family, this is this is the kind of stuff you go through. You lose people and you go through tragedy. Paul, for years, and he said this hundreds of times, TSO is going to outlive us all. TSO is going to be passed on from generation to generation. You know, this is going to be from, from father to, to children, from parent to children, to their children, to their children. It is going to carry on forever. It's going to be here longer than all of us. And... And as TSO got bigger, I began to believe that and realize that he was absolutely right. But to think that we would be doing this without him was not in the cards. You know, none of us, none of us saw this coming. None of us expected this. But to the man's credit, what he set out to accomplish, he succeeded. You know, TSO has, has continued without Paul, although he's always there with us. We do everything in regards to what would Paul do? Keeping the integrity of the show, keeping the integrity of, of the, the, the people that, you know, are in this project, uh, the spirit of it, you know, the good meaning behind it, giving to charity, you know, all of these things that Paul brought to this is what we will continue doing. But, but he truly created something that is gonna be timeless. And I mean, if Christmas Eve, Sarajevo 1224 is any indication of, of the staying power of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, you know, just based on one song. We just talked about the other, the other music, the catalog of music that we have. You know, this thing is never going to go away. And, and I think the, the, live, the live part of Trans-Siberian Orchestra is going to be passed down for years and years and years. And, you know, you've, you've really got to tip your hat to someone who's been able to do that. It's, it's one thing to think of it. It's one thing to talk about it, but to actually go for it and do it and make it happen. You know, I give him all the credit in the world, but, uh, you know, I speak for myself and everybody involved. We're just so proud and feel so lucky that we're, that we're a part of this and still a part of this. And we're going to continue to carry on his legacy. Awesome. Well, we can't wait to, to see the show. Um, again, everyone, it is at Capital One Arena on December 23rd. So go see that on the 23rd on, you know, on Festivus. <laughs> and then you can celebrate Christmas Eve the next day and Christmas Day after that. It's perfect. Um, again, it's the 25th anniversary of the Christmas Eve and Other Stories um, album. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining us. I, I really, really appreciate it. You better, man. Take care. Happy holidays. We'll see you soon. Yes. Happy holidays. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.